Hello, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. It's lovely to have you gracing me with your presence. Uh, no presence. But I... Uh, you know when you have a set of people living around you? I, I don't know, but I've always grown up in a city, man. I've always grown up with people around me. Um, it's a weird setup, like the whole idea of living next to people not just living living of course that's not go down that philosophical route but I, i i don't know like you have these like the irritations start with you and your surroundings like something is small you bump your toe into a chair which wasn't which was left pulled out and you're like ah fucking fuck, motherfucker and or you know if you have a like oh you have something that pisses you off you don't get your way and just multiply that by like in where i live i think bangalore's got a population of close to 10 million people that's a lot of people with a lot of irritations and um you know the irritations are different like for someone they're like i oh, fuck me up the ass like <laughs> whatever it may be right i don't know um if that's an annoyance or an admiration that you have in your partner but I'm just saying it's so varied right like for someone who's got money it's like oh man I didn't get that fucking Rolex that I ordered like yeah it's sold out or someone's like oh shit you know my my this thing my 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 tampon got stolen at the coffee shop I don't know why the fuck anyone would see but yeah the probably people people is like oh shit I spilt my latte I need a tampon who knows there are some it takes all to make this world uh, by the way maybe a good idea instead of uh, Well, that'd be interesting, right? Like uh, in this whole equality debate or in this whole idea of, oh, women's problems are real problems. Like replace tissues with tampons. It just soaks up the shit better. I don't know. Supposedly, I have never used one. Right. Or maybe men should be using, men should be allowed to use tampons if they have diarrhea. Who knows? I'm just saying these are possibilities. Now, the thing is, coming back to my earlier point, it's very interesting when people have so many different issues and you have different kinds of human beings some cruel bastards who uh, want to cause pain to other human beings or to animals and to hurt them or then you have some people who want to save them and then some people who want to do all sorts of other things with them um i'm just talking about how do we coexist it's crazy that we haven't wiped each other out already um i'm just saying food preferences uh, to noise level preferences to music preferences to smell preferences to looks preferences there's so many things that are uh, just fundamentally as human beings we are designed to like or dislike and or get interested by or irritated by or find uh, you know sensual or find absolutely loathing you disgusting loathing and and i don't know like we the people say we were supposed to be tribal fucking people but how like is it wouldn't it just be easier if we just were told like in school uh wear a uniform and fucking come to school and you can't wear anything besides the prescribed uniform or you cannot bring this food because that upsets the cycle of what the school has prescribed and it just seems to work if you started from a young age like uh you can't yeah no your preferences don't matter your irritations don't count it's only what the big mind the big controlling power decides for you and just fucking go about it because 
Otherwise, it seems like this whole freedom of choice and freedom to, of expression, eh, it's a bit... We need to earn it. I think we need to swap it a little bit. I think the people who are living in these regimes like North Korea or Iran, like Iran, of course. Look, look at that. Look at what the fuck's happening there. It's crazy, right? That they are uh, have these moral police uh, going around telling women that... I mean, and it's not like the women that are wearing bikinis and walking around, right? They're actually wearing a full, I think, the hijab outfit. And even within that, these motherfuckers are like, no, no, you have to tuck this crease here so your your camel toe, your, your imagined camel toe is hidden behind its actual camel toe. Some crazy shit. And they actually beat up a person and killed her because their morality was offended or their perceived idea of morality was offended. What a bunch of pricks. And now you have these women and girls and older women and generational, across generational kind of, of uprisal. And then you have these morons are like, no, no, we'll come down hard on it. And fucking stupid bastards uh, that that's going on. So I'm just saying that society, when they will see freedom, will appreciate it a lot more than, you know, someone like in the US where they're like, oh, it really offended me that he didn't wear a mask or, oh my God, he's an anti. It's just when you are given too much freedom for too long, you kind of become a bitch about it. Like you start whining and you start abusing your freedom and you start, you start, you start not abusing in that way, but you start kind of um, not appreciating it and become a dick about your freedom and just be like, yeah, find the pettier things to get upset about, to kind of take your, it's, it's kind of like if you get sex too easily, you kind of take it for granted and then you kind of are like, oh, yuck, blowjobs. <laughs> I'm so done with that. I want like, I want bondage. I want someone to put a glass dildo up my ass while they sing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. How I wonder how you are, whatever the song is. It, it, you just start becoming more picky and more finicky. So I think every so often we need to sort of have a reset and kind of reverse the roles, give North Koreans the rights of Americans and give North Americans... A regime like Kim Jong Il or Wang Jong Pung or um, yeah, people say Donald Trump was a tyrant. No, you haven't seen fucking tyrants. Yeah, like Putin eh, tries t t t telling all the Russians, "Oh no, no, the war is going great, but we want to take you now and show you the good scenic route of Ukraine and the lovely war on Kiev, and you must come out there. Yes, all healthy men. Yes, no legs, no arms. Please come in. Yes, yes, yes. The conscription. Yes, it is actually a holiday. All expenses paid. One way ticket to the border of yes. You have the you have the Donbass. You have the <laughs> that's a country by the way or a city, <laughs> and then you will go down to the other path and we will build bridge and you will have lovely time come back with good savings and fucking they bolted <laughs> Russian guys like I don't fall for your bullshit I am leaving on good I am leaving on good time double step double step let's run run yeah it's crazy when when, when, when when an entire country has like five names the conscription must be like yeah Ivan yeah thousand fucking people right there in one village <laughs> yeah it's crazy but I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I feel too much of something is, is taken for granted. Then people kind of get fucking annoying. Like, yeah. Anyhow, uh, that's just something I thought about. Let me know if you have any thoughts on the issue. Yeah, you can stay in touch. I, or you can get in touch with me at uh, 
Soapy Rao Show. That's one word, S-O-A-P-Y-R-A-O-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Uh, anyway, um, my guest on today's episode, Mr. Not more importantly, Dr. Femi Oganjumi. He is a an author, he's a, a speaker, and of course, he's not a speaker, he's a human being who speaks, not a speaker like, oh, is that is that a new kind of output uh, product, speaker, Oganjumi, who is installed in bar? No, he's a, he's a speaker, motivational speaker. He's a, well, his focus is on relationships, one between couples, uh, between humans, no, I wouldn't say couples, it could be Man, man, boy, boy, not boy, boy, man, 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 girl. No, man, 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 woman, don't say man, girl. That puts the wrong idea. Uh, but also he works on relationships with yourself. And he's put out a few books to help you. Uh, and on today's episode, he joins me to talk about the idea of love, the idea of looking within to begin the journey of looking without and a whole lot more. Lovely chat with a very insightful human being. And I'm sure you'll have a lovely time listening to this episode of The Soapy Rao Show. As always, I appreciate you tuning in and listening week in, week out. Till next time, goodbye, God bless, take care of yourselves. Cheers. Dr. Femi Oganjumi, welcome to the podcast. How are you this evening, sir? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me, Sandeep. It's my pleasure. And uh, well, I want to ask you something, which I usually I usually get to know about your background, where you're where you're from, where you live. But I want to understand this, and maybe it is an interesting thing in this present state. But since you work with relationships and work on people's relationships. How do you describe in your experience the idea of love? Well, that's a, a deep question. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> it's a deep question whenever we talk about relationship, but specifically the word love. It's mm. uh, complicated. It's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a complex matter because mm -hmm. most people have, been taught that love is all emotional based it's something that you can really not describe on its own it's just based on how you feel and sometimes we can confuse our feelings with lust mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. especially at the initial stage of meeting someone uh the, the first initial feelings may not be love it may actually be lost i've yeah. tried to define love as something that requires you to have wisdom and, mm. and knowledge to be able to identify if this is love or not. And there will be scenarios and situations that will give a glimpse of what really love is. For an example, sacrifice. You know, if you are seeing sacrifice from the relationship or from the person, then that can give you an idea of what love is. But so it, it requires based on just your feelings of how I feel about this person because your feelings can actually be lost until you start opening your eyes and using your intellect to dissect what the situation is and not confuse it with lust. So it's a, it, it's a very deep one, but it, it requires wisdom, it requires knowledge, and not just based on feelings. It has to be active. 
it almost sounds like pleasure and the fun things are lust, but the more serious things like compromise, sacrifice, uh, the, <laughs> it's, it's almost like love is boring. Like um, I, I get exactly yeah. what you mean because like when you're in a relationship, um, you know, the first few months, as many might call it, the honeymoon phase, uh, when you kind of go on these little, these dates, you go on these meals, you go on these holidays, you, ex- you kind of explore each other's, uh, especially the physical aspect of each other's, um, uh, what you have to, what, what's on offer uh, with um, what what a person's willing to give up is is all not love. But when you kind of go past that and you kind of discover what the person is, well, isn't on display, like what they kind of are hiding, their, 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 the skeletons in the closet. Uh, and in, in so, so I want to understand, in today's day and age when, a lot is on show, but a lot of the same. At the same time, a lot of it is the highlights that you want people to see. Because uh, with social media, you kind of can kind of the cherry pick what your life looks like on um, a virtual platform. How, is it? So what are you observing with people uh, willing to show, and then also when it goes past that stage and they kind of meet and they have to settle down, can they continue that that virtual facade, or does it? go beyond that and then what is the experience like once the the, the kind of the, the veneer of social media is gone? I think social media has played a major role in how people view relationship mm. because folks only show their highlights, mm. their best version of themselves on social media. They show themselves either when they are going on a date at a restaurant, when they are laughing with their partner, when they are smiling, when they are taking beautiful fi- pictures that they already photoshopped, you yeah. know, they've yeah. had all the different uh, effects on it. So they're not showing the downside. They're not showing the bad times. And you can't have a relationship that's just based on good times. Mm. There is always going to be the bad times, the downtime, the... The, the sad moments when everything is not really uh, happy. Mm. So, but people are not ready to show that because not everyone wants to see that. Mm. And not everyone wants to know about your sad story, your sappy story. It's like, what is that doing for us? It's like we are all motivated by the good times, we're all motivated by the, the, the nice pictures, you know, the mm. nice stories, right? So it has really affected how, especially singles or folks that want to date, that whatever they've seen from other couples have now become their blueprint mm. of what the expectations will be from what they are meeting. And it's now you can compare me to a guy who has been married for 30 years, you know, the yeah. kind of sacrifice and the knowledge that he has. If I'm just getting married, then you gotta treat me as a newbie. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't have the manual for marriage. Right? <laughs> I don't, I don't have all the intel and information on, on marriage. But if you are comparing me to somebody who is showing their best self, their their loving relationship with their kids, you know, it, it's it's not that, and I'm not that person either. Mm. Okay, so you gotta treat your relationship and treat your partner like it's your partner. You gotta get to know who your partner is, what they like what they don't like, who they are. So you got to understand your partner, but not treat them as other people's highlights or other people's relationship that we see on social media. So I, I believe social media has played a major role in the conflict and the issues that 
people are having in the relationship and the expectations that they bring into into the whole mix. Because it must be difficult for both people, right? Like for the for the for the person who's being compared and for the person who's comparing him or herself, because there's a certain kind of standard or a certain set of expectations that they they try to live up to, but that might not be their experience or what they um, genuinely want out of their life, right? Um, now it's and 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 how does um, someone? Because a lot of it starts, okay, of course, there are a relationship involves two people or more, depending on what relationship you're looking at. Uh, but what is, I mean, the essential thing starts with your relationship with yourself. And um, what is something that a person comes across when, and you mentioned something a few minutes back when we spoke about, the, when, you, when, you, when you spoke about love, is this idea of wisdom, is with this information age, there's so much knowledge at your fingertips how does someone or at least in your experience talking to people when do you or rather what is the approach of even starting with yourself because i see i i i I believe that's where it all begins and ends right absolutely it all begins with you it's a Mm. personal journey it's a personal development how Mm. matured are you how secured are you how are you not letting your past experiences affect your current relationship or the expectations that you bring into the relationship? Mm-hmm. So it's a personal journey, it's a personal development, uh, because if you can become a better individual, then ultimately you will become a better person for your partner. I have a program that I call Becoming the Man She Wants, which mm-hmm. is geared towards married men and you know I, I i i phrase that title as becoming the man she wants in the way that if you can become a better person ultimately you will become a better person for her you will mm. be the person that she desires and it's important that it's all it's also both ways you know just like it's expected for men it's also expected for women but it's a personal journey you got to understand communication skills you got to understand how to listen with empathy you got to understand how to practice forgiveness. You got to understand apology, uh, kindness. You got to understand the, the love language of your partner. I mean, these are all personal things and personal information that you have to really uh, educate yourself about and get to know. So the more knowledge you have, the more information and intel you have, the better you will be able to be suitable for uh, another another person yeah that makes i mean that makes that makes um i think a lot of difference when you are willing to sort of take that ownership right i mean i wouldn't say ownership's the right word but take that but if you if you take that idea of working on yourself right but there's that that sort of introduces the idea that it never ends that you're constantly trying to become better and 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 then there is this this idea of you're working towards something and the idea of the relationship is that it's always never good enough for your partner or good enough for yourself but how, what is the purpose um of a relationship like is it is it to sort of ha- <clears throat> to to procreate I mean, um, of course, I'm also introducing this idea now of uh, same-sex couples. We have the idea of new ways of dating. You have the new idea of the way people look at marriage. Or, But 
essentially at its at its core a relationship is supposed to bring out the idea of nurturing the idea of happiness the idea of companionship but these things aren't static right the person the people change and now the idea of divorce has become more common the idea of people not committing their life but just being with each other and then moving on to open marriages whatever the words so at its core what is the idea and maybe um why did we look at the concept of a monogamous relationship as the standard yeah i, I believe the the purpose of relationship as is is multifaceted it has multiple purpose for it mm-hmm. and people can choose what their purpose uh, for going into a relationship and enduring the ups and downs and the challenges of it one of the reasons or purpose uh, that i could share about relationship is to become a better version of yourself okay so and there's a selfish there's no angle over there become, yeah it, it, it's a selfish angle uh, at the same time it, it's not really ultimately selfish angle right hmm. because in the sense that if i'm a better version of myself I can be a better person for you. I can show up for you. Yeah, yeah. I can yeah. give what I don't have. I can give the love I, I don't have. I can mm. give the joy that I don't have. If yeah. I don't have enough energy, I can hang out with you. Like I I can pour into you. So ultimately is that if if I'm if I'm better, then I will be good for you. But if I'm not better of a better version of me, then I will be a worse version of you. and the, mm-hmm. the the funniest thing is i can be a better version just by myself <laughs> i have to be in a relationship with somebody who sees me completely mm. who sees my vulnerabilities my weaknesses who sees my good and bad times and be able to correct me and identify the areas of my weakness or areas of my improvement that's brilliant so, yeah yeah because you can't but, but you, sometimes see it yourself yeah you can't see it yourself and we all walk in this world masking who we are we don't want to show our wounds we don't want to show why, our why why is that though know. why is that because sorry everyone talks about authenticity being your real self bring your real self but at the same time it's almost the opposite happening right yeah because you, you your real self can you may feel that you are not adequate your real self is not adequate and you may not even see an example of your real self out there yeah or you may be in an environment where your real self has always been criticized from your childhood so mm. it has affected you you've had you've developed trauma based on that so you don't want to show people your real self you don't want to be criticized you don't want people to identify um whatever you are saying that might be wrong you know you don't have the confidence about it the security about it so you've been you 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 they've you've gone through trauma and traumatic situations whereby you have been suppressed of your real identity mm. so you don't you don't come out showing who you really are so you you hide yourself and you become somebody who you really who you really not So that's one of the reasons why people are not being authentic or probably even being criticized yeah. for who they are and they can't really stand up for themselves or or they've not really identified what their true identity is. But doesn't that seem to be more what people are expected to play to that's sort of the standard now with I mean I don't want to keep coming back to social media but with dating apps with I mean of course there's been some form of dating um 
assistance when it comes to either in India the arranged marriage system or you look at like you know match.com or you look at tinder bumble etc etc the the medium keeps changing but even the sense of um i'm sure every culture has its its its, its drawbacks or highlights depending on what you want to sort of look for when you're looking for a partner it's it, it, it you hear some horror stories at the same time you hear some miraculous things that make you fall in love and of course there are stereotypes of relationships that are portrayed in the movies and in, in, in various um, other sort of forms of entertainment. But um, I mean, it's it's so nice to understand this idea that if you are with someone that you can really lay yourself bare to, that sort of helps you look at what your strengths are and work on that and say, you know what, these are my weaknesses, I accept it, I move on from it. But it's not really what is going on in, 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 in these things because it's almost like um, dating slash marriage slash relationships has become a commodity that people are manipulating for their benefit. But for a person sitting right now at a time where we're the most connected in the world, feeling lonely as hell with post-pandemic, post-lockdown, etc., what, what is... How, do they, how does someone make sense of any of this, right? And a relationship, I don't want to sort of stick specifically to like a husband-wife or husband-husband or wife-wife, but I'm saying specifically to the idea of finding or connecting with another human being. Is your question addressing how can people overcome the challenges that we are in post-pandemic? post-pandemic? I suppose, yeah. I mean, that's one of it. I don't, I don't know. It, it became more of a thought than a question. I apologize, but it's the <laughs> idea of connecting to another human being. Uh, because, okay, let me sort of go beyond and make it more confusing, since I already have. <laughs> <laughs> now, is this? No, I just get confused with this idea, right? Like you, you want to be, belong uh, to some sense, right? Um, and now you hear the the noise in the world about nationality. You hear about politics you hear about all these things religion and you and, and everyone's shout, shout, claiming that come be a part of us be a part of this community be a part of this community that makes you highlight your strength or highlight this aspect of yourself whether it's gender whether it's sexuality whether it's religion whether it's nationality but at the same time how connected are people within this group um is maybe a question and second or third or fifth, I don't know by which point I lost you at, is what is this idea of connecting to another human being? I mean, I think connecting to another human being is uh, fundamentally based on so many factors that you've already identified, like the the culture, the tradition, the religion, Mm. um, politics, right? It's all based on that those are some of the foundations of your attraction to someone someone who can align with your views or values when it comes to politics you guys belong to the same political party or you guys belong to a a polarized party then you guys gonna be having arguments in your relationship okay (laughs) you know because we're bringing politics in or do you belong in the same culture where at least you will understand the same language you know, you understand the same traditions and the norms for that culture. Yeah. So that, you know, there are, there are unspoken uh, words or unspoken gestures or the way we speak to each other or the way we respect each other versus if you were to marry somebody that's outside your culture, 
then that forces you to learn about that uh, that person's culture or that might even create conflict because the way we do in our culture is not the way you do in your culture the way mm. we approach this matter is not the way you approach that matter the way we do marriage ceremony is not the way you guys do marriage ceremony i mean there's so many underlining situations and and, and thoughts behind that so yeah. people definitely want to identify with a particular either culture a particular religion um, for compatibility or if you don't you don't really need to marry somebody from the same culture or the same religion if you don't want to yeah. but you must have an open mind to explore to learn and understand what that culture or that person's uh, creed is is so that you can ultimately be on the same page and not allowing your differences to create problems in your relationship because the more differences you have the more problems you're gonna you're gonna, you're gonna have to face, the yeah. more challenges you're gonna have. You know that's the the, the the reality that I want people to take away from it. You know the more differences you have in your relationship, the more challenges you're gonna have because just even if you are from the same culture, the same background, you 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 still have two different experiences. Especially you know, yeah. if you yeah. if you went to these different schools, you see things differently, you read things differently, you've had past relationships, you know, all those things will definitely form what your thought process is will be in that relationship. So by even our own nature as a man versus woman, we are mm-hmm. different. <laughs> we are yeah. different. Yeah. And you got to learn what makes a woman and then what a, and then a woman must learn what makes a man. And you yourself as a man, you must know who you are. It takes time to really know who you really are. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so take all that into consideration. Then you are not adding on top of it other differences. So <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's uh, it, it's it, it's a, it's a real deal situation. It's really challenging to be in a relationship. Uh, but you uh, want us to be smart about it and not be led with emotions. And also understand that all these other factors we've laid down are basically what constitutes what the attraction could be and what may make a good relationship yeah because you know it's um interesting you mentioned this idea of just the basic difference is the the starting point but you know like a lot of a lot of people now are traveling they they go settle uh, away from home they they either go you know abroad to study they go away from their home to get a job and then there's this idea of marriage for convenience or relationship for um whatever reason and and you know it's so strange. Like you know, I, I when I lived in America, so you're in college and you're 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 meeting people, and then it's this idea of oh, oh cool, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, find a partner, or I'm gonna hook up with someone, and then you realize very quickly that it's yeah, while it's it's fun, it's great, and it's, it's enjoyable, but beyond that, you you kind of even if you try to scratch the surface about the person's background. Um, it's 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 such a huge story that you're bringing to this person, and that person's bringing to you, and many people, and including me, maybe, is you 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 don't want to start that story until there's a commitment. Because imagine with everyone you meet, you start that story, and you kind of, I mean, I I, I don't know. Again, it's 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 fascinating to me, right? Like when you meet someone and you say it's it's a guy or guy or girl, depending, and you kind of call them your roommate, you call them a friend, and then. 
the the moment the, the the pressure of not calling them your partner isn't there, you kind of automatically start sharing more. But the moment you say, okay, I have to find someone to date or someone I'm going to settle down, it's almost like there's this barrier which automatically comes up. Like, no, no, I'm going to wait a second. And, and have, is that <laughs> something that is because you want to? Is, is it because of self preservation or? Yeah, I mean, I think the pressure comes once you're trying to label something, right? Mm. When you are not allowing friendship to be the precedence of the relationship. Mm. If you allow friendship to be the, to be the precedence of the relationship, then you lower your guard. Then yeah. you are not pressured, right? Because all you are looking for is somebody just to connect with, somebody who understands you, who you understand the person, you are not judgmental. You're not criticizing each other. You take the person for who they really are and you value that friendship. And there is ultimately trust is going to be built from that on. But the moment where you see somebody and the first thing that comes to mind is, I'm attracted to this person. I want to pursue relationship. Then at that moment, you've already put up some type of pressure. Mm. And at that point, you are trying to be your best version. That pressure gives you your, it, it gives you into that thinking mode of, I got to come correct. Mm. I got to look correct. I got to yeah. speak in the right way. And when you are in that kind of situation, your best version doesn't really come out. You are sometimes even nervous, right? You don't show up to be who you really are. And sometimes you can screw up that date, okay? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you have More so often much than in not. your mind. <laughs> Not often than now, you will screw up, you know. And then, because you have so many stories in your head, you have so many things going on, playing like, okay, what is this person expecting me to say? How is this mm -hmm. person expecting me to talk? How should I look, right? And when you have all that analysis going on in your head, you ended up saying the wrong thing, or you ended up appearing not in the right way. Um, and sometimes even fabricating stories that is not true yeah. because you feel like that's what the person really wants to hear. Yeah. And and to be real, that's not what the person really wants to hear. The person wants to really know who you are. So I think what you said is true. You know, there is this uh, pressure and, and, and that comes and, and the guard is up, and but it's not the best. And that's why I tell and I advise single folks that you want to start on friendship. It's in the friendship that you're not nervous. It's in the friendship that... You show who you really are, and the person can take you for who you really are or not. You know who mm. is who is for you or not. You know who is for you or not. You know so, and um, nobody's under pretense. You really yeah. know the person, and the person really knows you. You know so there's a sense of uh, comfortable, uh, kind of a comfortable energy with each other to kind of then take it to the next stage, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. But you know the, the 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 interesting thing I find is this desperation not to be alone. And where does that come from? Is it is it a a very sort of ancient human thing? Because uh, also maybe you can sort of take me through this if if you've come across it in your experiences. We we hear a lot about like before like many thousands of years back there was this idea of the tribe, right? You have to belong to the tribe and in the tribe, the tribe looked after itself. It wasn't like a husband and wife or a wife and a wife or whatever the arrangement was, but it was, um, the, the tribe had children, everyone looked after the kids and the tribe sort of looked after itself. But now we've broken down the unit to smaller and smaller arrangements, whether it's a husband and wife or whether it's the family or whether it's the, a larger family. But 
what what is this idea of i think two things right one is being alone or rather the fear of being alone and more importantly um what that represents of not being accepted not fitting in and then if you want to extend that thought to this idea of when you're with someone the fear of abandonment or the fear of being left for someone better or the idea of jealousy and envy and insecurity so i know it's a bit broad but these things kind of in my mind are connected so maybe if i'm totally off you could correct me but otherwise maybe can you talk about that yes i think first of all i would like to say uh being alone and loneliness there are two different things right mm. uh, even though we didn't talk about loneliness but i want to bring that to the yeah, conscience sure. of uh, people you know being alone is a physical state mm. meaning that uh, i'm by myself there's nobody physically next to me yeah being lonely is a state of mind nice yeah you can you may not be you may have somebody with you next to you you may not be alone but you can actually be lonely you can be married you're not alone but you can actually be lonely because it's a state of mind it's like mm-hmm. that person is really not even there in the first place okay so if we're not talking about being alone the fact that people don't want to just be by themselves i think is something that has been drilled down to our subconscious level and the creation of the world meaning that we all come from two people a mm-hmm. man and a woman that came together and when we are birthed into that kind of family we see two people running the family you yeah. see that they're not alone right you see that them supporting one another hang out yeah. together speak to each other decide on what's going to happen to the children decide on life together so i think we've seen the sense of belonging having some tribe of you know some type of um uh little community within the construct of a family right then we can expand that to the tribe that you are talking about a large community and all that but ultimately it still boils down to no one is an island no one is just physically there you know yeah. you are born into at least people working together so i think fundamentally and from the foundation of the world we've seen that that people are you know always having some type of partnership you mm. know happening and from that you know as a kid you grow up to learn that from your parents that one day i need to get married because i've seen what is happening in my home with my parents yeah, yeah. so that drills down to our to the subconscious level of kids and most people you really want to uh train their minds you train their minds of a kid from when they are young because at that point in time everything they see from their parents becomes their blueprint of the kind of life that they want to live yeah you know so uh it's it's something that we've seen growing up and to the point where by now it's it, it's almost changing to some extent in the sense of not every woman or every man now desires to follow that trap or societal trap of a finished college I want to get married or yeah. I need to be in a relationship some people are now exploring their independence their own freedom and say no I don't need to get married I'm going to be by myself I'm just going to focus on my career and my yeah. dreams and my goals and I'm fine 
just probably get a puppy, get a dog, get a cat, get animals, right? <laughs> you know, and they are fine with that. Yeah. So uh, even though there's companionship in that as well, you're not really alone. So <laughs> yeah, you still have some animals, you know, keeping you uh, engaged. Yeah. So I, you know, just to uh, conclude on that, I, I think it's 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 been uh something that it's it's from childbirth you know it's it's from how we grew up and and we don't want to be alone you know we really want to and, and there's nothing wrong with that because you can't do life alone regardless yeah if even if you're not married you need some type of community you need some yeah. type of you know tribe you need to belong to some even even like um you know, we see that even in, in, in different religion as well. The religion is just not religion. The church or the mosque, they will have some type of groups, some smaller mm. groups yeah. that they want people to be part of so that because people go through life. Life is hard. Life is hard. Life is challenging. You know, you are battling through mental depression. You know, everything is coming at you at once. Yeah. You know, you lose today. Some Tomorrow you win. You know, sometimes you are confused. So at times you need somebody to talk to you. You need somebody to encourage you. You need somebody to guide you. You need somebody to motivate you. You need that. You need to have a, a shoulder to cry on. Yes, you may be trying to be tough all the time. But, you know, you need somebody to just be like, you know what, I got you. I understand what you are going through. And not uh, and not judge you. And they can listen to you. They can empathize with you. So sometimes that's what we, we we really need and we are looking for in a relationship because it's hard for us to go through life by ourselves you know yeah but you know can you tell me a little bit more about this the sense because you you, you probably have come across a lot of it where miscommunication or misinterpretation or misunderstanding can be the cause of uh, or preconceived notions if you want to call it like a, a certain people coming into certain relationships, of course, the romantic type or even the non-romantic type or the professional relationships where people come with a certain idea of what they expect out as an outcome of the situation. But when it doesn't go their way or rather let's call it expectation management or whatever the term for it is. And that comes with a lot of bias that comes with insecurities. So uh, when you're looking, of course, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, there's therapy or counseling or various tools to cope with it but i mean how do these 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 relationships um i mean you you kind of just have to you know navigate society as a collection of relationships and when you have all these on a micro level um I mean, I mean, I don't know if the, what, what the question is. Is it how do you resolve it or why does it happen? Um, because if the idea is to find companionship and just to be with someone, of course, who understands you, who you can lay yourself bare to, why are we in such a complex um, struggle when it comes to understanding our fellow human being? It, it stems from multiple things. It stems from one, not understanding how each person communicates. Mm -hmm. Not understanding the wiring that we are wired differently, men and women. Mm -hmm. Women typically com communicate from an emotional standpoint. Mm -hmm. Men communicate from almost a logical standpoint. They really want to explain and analyze things. Women want to speak from, this is how 
whatever you did makes me feel, or this is how I feel about the situation. And based on that feelings, this is how I'm thinking, or this is how I'm going to approach this matter. So I think fundamentally, when we don't have that knowledge that women communicate differently, men communicate in another way, we come into the relationship expecting that the way I see it is the way that you should see it. Right. And when we don't see it that way, here comes an argument. Here comes a conflict because we are seeing it from totally two pages. But if we understand that she's going to see it most likely from an emotional standpoint, then that means I need to back up. That yeah. means if she's communicating from an emotional standpoint and I'm communicating from logical, we are on two totally shit of music. We can't, we, we are not on the same page. Yeah. So that means I'm going to need to come to her world of emotions or she's going to need to come to my world of logic. And yeah, and that usually never happens. <laughs> that usually never happens. So that means once you recognize fundamentally we are, we are differently and also understand where the person is coming from, then that means I need to back off as a man. I need to relax because I can't bring her to a logical state of point if she's talking from her emotions or talking from anger, right? I, I can't bring that into my own world. The only way I bring that into logic is when she's fully calmed down because that's when she can really understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. But many of right? us don't and, have the patience to wait that out, right? It's, you have to sort of say something in that moment, right? Right. So we don't have the tools on how to navigate such discord, okay? You know, how do I make sure that I remain calm under this situation? How do I have internal dialogue with myself, even though what I'm hearing is not what I really want to hear? Mm. Because I'm hearing something that is pissing me off. I'm hearing something <laughs> that is not making me happy. So yeah. you're already having a thought process going on in your head. Your, your mind is spinning like that. Yeah. Okay. And when your mind is spinning like that, you want to act based on what your mind is telling you. So we have to be able to capture our mind, what is going on in this thought process that we are having and what is that thought process telling me to do, telling me to say. And I have to be able to restrain myself from saying those nasty things or acting irrational. And I, if, if I can do that and take those couple of seconds and take ownership of my thoughts, then I will have an opportunity to respond other than react in that situation and then give my partner a chance to calm down or for me to listen. I mean, there's so many levels to that, especially when you walk through counseling, there's so many levels to that to uh, ensure that there is a smooth communication. You know, sometimes also listening with empathy, mm. understanding from an empathetic standpoint, walking a mountain in the other person's shoes can help us to know, okay, and now I truly understand why my wife feels this way or why my husband speaks this way. Because now you've walked them out in their shoes. You've, you've understood what they've gone through. And to be able to empathize also involves that the person needs to be vulnerable enough to share the backstory. Sometimes when we don't know the backstory of why someone says or acts somehow, mm. we easily misinterpret that. And that prevents a real true communication or effective communication because we don't know the backstory. 
of why somebody is telling you this or why somebody is acting that way. Yeah. No, that, that I mean that that's something that seems like a constant effort that you have to make, right? You have to sort of. Uh, and I think that's 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 also not that's a beautiful process, right? Because as you do it more, um, you have to. I mean, while, while it's difficult, you have to remind yourself that okay, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna react. I'm not gonna react. She's coming from this place, or he's coming from this place, and then eventually, sort of, you you see this place where you get to where you your your understanding of the person is deeper. So the next argument or the next fight or whatever you want to call it is on a. I mean, is it is it on a deeper level or is it then because it kind of is like a constant wave of going back and forth. Like you 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 have this idea of your relationship going to another level to the next level, but sometimes it could go to the it, it could go to a deeper level of love and understanding and respect, but it can also go back ten steps to the first fight you had, which is so immature, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you have a healthy communication that you're able to resolve a conflict. It mm-hmm. should propel you to a more deeper connection, deeper communication. But sometimes thinking about you know issues that have happened in the past, if we are not careful, we can always be bringing that into the old mess, right? Mm-hmm. And then creating more deeper wounds and more deeper problems. And sometimes we've not resolved the last issue. We just brushed it off. <laughs> we just yeah. you know swept it under the carpet. You know, and then a new issue now occurs, so which is now compounding your problem. So sometimes we need to get to resolving every matter, every issues, because otherwise you are you are adding more to it. And then by the time you've added more to it, it's like you are lifting you are lifting weights. You know, by the time you know you've already had ten pounds, you know, twenty yeah, pounds yeah. and thirty pounds, right? And, and eventually it gets to the point where you can't take it no more, and then you have this outburst. You know, and that yeah. you, know, you start yelling at each other or you start reacting instead of um, responding. You know, we we hear a lot about this now, right? Where, of course, it's, there's a lot of uh, good things happening in the space when it comes to the movements that are about equality and uh, which I think is essentially something that needed to be addressed and I think is being addressed now. But you have the opposite effect of also many men like apologizing for being men because oh yeah you know uh there was one guy who was a sexist male chauvinist or an abusive guy so i apologize because i just happen to be a man so you hear a lot of that happening at the same time you hear of horrific stories where there are abusive partners so maybe the i don't think again because maybe you've gathered from now my questions aren't very specific they just kind of (laughs) (laughs) i mean we're just having a conversation and, and, and and situations that you've experienced and we're talking about so it's okay yeah no i just yeah because it it fascinates me because all this kind of goes down to the deeper level while we talk about individuals as an example of the human experience it's this idea right where one extreme you have people who are i mean the horrible example of uh what a human being can do to another human being but then you have this other extreme where people who haven't done anything just seem to be sort of going along this way of saying oh no no i apologize for every man who's existed so (laughs) <laughs> there needs to be some sense we need to get out of this, right? Because uh, it just sort of helps us as individuals and human beings going forward if we can make sense of what uh, these things represent. So maybe, um, okay, I'm going to ask you a specific question. <laughs> Why do people stay in abusive relationships? Why do people, um, I mean, abusive could be 
from physically abusive to even toxic relationships with another friend um i mean i'm sure i'm sure you've experienced the the, the level of severity increases but just the idea of it maybe if we can talk about that yeah i think people stay in an abusive relationship for so many reasons so many reasons i, I think one is they are actually brainwashed in that relationship by their mm-hmm. abuser mm-hmm. that might make them feel like nobody's going to want them if they leave this relationship nobody's going to marry you mm-hmm. nobody's going to want to date you you don't look good you are ugly you're not fine uh, it, it, you already have two three kids nobody's going to want a woman or a man with two or three kids right mm-hmm. relationship becomes hard for you after that so they've been brainwashed to think that way so they continue to stay in that relationship right two it may be that they are not financially equipped mm. to stand on their own if they leave that relationship so they are the mercy of the partner who is probably the breadwinner right so and they are staying in that relationship because they already have kids and their kids need to eat their kids need clothes their kids need to go to school you know somebody needs to pay for that and in other case is the partner with an abuser that is paying for all those things right other reason could also be that they are not having enough help uh encouragement around that will give them that boost to be mm-hmm. to be confident to leave that relationship right. another reason also be that uh it's it, it, it's almost like a a a a, a a a disgrace for them to say they left the relationship now they are divorced right it's the taboo they, right the taboo right mm-hmm. you know so they don't want to be part of that statistics and right. people saying negative things about them oh she couldn't keep a marriage or he couldn't keep a marriage they don't want that mm. and i think also think their upbringing uh could matter as well Oh, you know the culture that they grew up or the home that they grew up you know i, I remember like back in the days and, and i grew up in Nigeria and back mm-hmm. in the days even when you get married your parents would tell the bride you can't come back to this house when you get married you know, right you stay, of you course know, you go to your house. husband's house yeah, yeah 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 that so when you make statement like that to a girl to a woman that means she feels like there's no other place i can run into or run to you when i'm having trouble in my marriage i need to endure whatever problem is going on that's terrifying right it's almost like this is the end like you this chapter's done you can't come back to it that's that's very scary yeah exactly you know so you know such statements it's it's a powerful statement that can be ringing bell in in someone's ears when they are facing issues in their in, in, in their marriage mm. that they need help they need they are crying for help they need to get out but like who are you going to run to your parents for your parents already told you you can't come back to this house you got to deal with what you are dealing dealing mm. with and i also think religion depending on what the religion is i mean i'm a christian and mm. i think some some yeah, some pastors or some churches don't believe in divorce and yeah. no matter what trouble and you know physical abuse is happening they will tell you you know just keep praying keep praying keep enduring it you know god hates divorce so don't get divorced right so Ouch. some people under that religion uh principles and believe and 
the church that they attend under, what pastors that they are, they are under, it makes them stay in relationship like that, that you know, it can lead to, to, to death. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. It's happening. So so many reasons people stay in abusive relationships. And, you know, I want to go beyond the individual uh, relationship of a couple of a husband or a wife or a wife and a, or a girlfriend, a boyfriend or whatever the arrangement is uh, and talk about something which scares me a lot more. Um, I mean, when I say scares me, it's because it's this idea of what it represents going forward for society and maybe humanity at large is this idea of the group behavior, right? When we look at whether it's the mob, whether it's the mob mentality of what uh, a group can be convinced to do. And you mentioned that word, which is brainwashing, uh, either either through religious extremist groups or through these cults where people run to when they're in either an abusive relationship or they don't have an idea of family or they have nowhere to go. They kind of get sucked into these things. And we've heard plenty and more examples over the years um, with spiritual, so-called spiritual uh, cults, or you look at um, these other things which, you know, coming in the news right now, people being arrested for these things they mislead people into believing, these pyramid schemes or whatever the word uh, they use to sort of sell to people. Uh, why is, uh, you mentioned the idea of brainwashing and that probably could be applied to a larger thing, but why are more and more are we seeing people giving up their entire identity of the complexity that makes them a human being for one aspect, whether it's political, whether it's religious or whether it's one side of what is being celebrated and completely, for, you know, being overtaken by that, that philosophy which they're, they're selling or being sold and buying into that. We're seeing more of that. So I, I, I'm, I'm just, I mean, kind of, that's what scares me. Like why is it so easy to sort of take an entire group and convince them to do something which they wouldn't do as an individual? And this could be from the school level where you have a group of bullies that sort of one person spearheads or it could be a terrorist organization or it could be a religious, religious organization that does good or whatever it may be, right? So maybe can you talk about that? Yeah, I mean, I think people are looking for a sense of belonging and, and being part of a community and being part of a movement. Mm. People that can identify with my values, with my ideals. And, you know, no matter how crazy it is, this might sound, I think there is always someone who thinks like you out there. Mm. And there is joy we have when you find somebody who thinks like you, who has the same visions or who have the same goals, you know, you, it's yeah. like meeting a friend for the first time. It's like, wow, you believe in this thing? Oh, you <laughs> think like alone. this? Like you, you are not alone. Yeah, you are yeah. excited. It's like, man, I can't wait to talk to this person again, right? I can't wait to see you again. I think that is what is shaping us as human beings, that we mm -hmm. have all these ideas going on in our minds. And when we find somebody who shares the same thoughts, the same views, we easily click. Right. We want to belong. So that's why I believe is the existence of all these groups to mm. some extent. Um, and of course, you know, the evil thoughts and things of that nature happens. You know, someone just wants to um, do evil or, some, or having a sense of control. You know, it's mm. like, oh, 
United States can be the most powerful country. Okay, I mean. Uh, North, I'm in North Korea. I'm the president of North Korea, you know, prime minister. And I want to run my own thing. I don't want somebody dictating how I should be running my own country, right? Yeah, so I want to yeah. have my own power. I want to exercise my power. And then from that, they start speaking to people who share the same ideas, the same ideals, and the same vision. And they have that, you know, movement going on. And I also think that on the other side, we are being uh, we are neglecting our sense of independent thinking mm. we, we we are not thinking independently we are thinking dependently with other people and would you call that conditionally like, also maybe it, it's condition yeah right. it's condition right. it, it's the absolute condition you know it's um you know you, you can definitely condition someone to think the way you want them to think mm. right you, you can sway their thinking if you take some things from them or things that you think they really need you can definitely condition them so we, we don't have that independence um thinking or to be able to challenge what we are being told mm. even from childhood from childhood challenging what your parents are telling you you got to get to the point where you become an adult and like my dad told me this 10, 15 years ago. Is that really true? Yeah. Or maybe it was only true at that point in time. But this time around is no longer relevant. Mm. So I need to unlearn what I've been told so that I can relearn new information. Okay, I was naive then, but I shouldn't be naive anymore. I didn't know then, but new information has, has come out. So <laughs> yeah. I need to try something. I need to update the software. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I need to update the software. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I can't be operating on Windows 97 anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I, yeah. I got to change. You know, there's a new research. You know, so we, we have to be educated. Mm. We have to be educated so that we are not misinformed. So I, I think people are not exercising their uh, their independence uh, intellectually and challenging what culture or what traditions may be or what they are being fed. And say, does it really make sense? Like the story of, you know, people dying for Islamic religion as far as um, the suicide bombers, right? ISIS uh, or so Al-Qaeda. Yeah, ISIS yeah, yeah. or Al-Qaeda, things of that nature. And they are being told and being brainwashed that, oh, you know, when you get to heaven, you're going to have six, six virgins, seven virgins. Okay. Mm. It's like, why do you want to kill yourself for seven virgins? Why, why can't you have seven virgins right here on the earth? You know, why must somebody, yeah. you know, tell you <laughs> yes. that? You know, Not that easy, doctor. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, and, and the person yeah. telling you, don't, don't they want seven virgins too? So why can't they go commit yeah. you know, that suicide, right? Go on that societal mission you know so it, it, it's maybe it's, maybe someone tried maybe someone tried convincing logically as a man 72 virgins but then said you know what it's easy blowing yourself up <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i'm just speculating maybe some guy said i spoke to 72 of them none of them agreed <laughs> blow me up <laughs> <laughs> you know now now i'm guaranteed that when i get to when i get to heaven there's this other 72 waiting and they're not gonna deny me we already you met know? you yeah <laughs> yeah you know, it's, yeah i mean yeah. It, it's 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 uh it's one of those things that yeah. 
you you tend to you, you it's it's interesting but i think yeah. we get to we need to get to the point where we are challenging what we are being fed yeah yeah no and, and 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 you know i don't know if you followed this court case which i don't know if it's still going on but there's that entire group called nexium did you ever hear about that story no 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 so, so i think it's one of those things which started out as by this guy i think his name is keith something in america and he basically had a bunch of powerful uh, i mean women who had a lot of inheritance i think it's a couple of those daughters from the seagram's family they kind of uh, bought into his idea and they would recruit women to be sort of these uh, marketing kind of these programs which would help you in marketing being a better version um uh, of how to market yourself kind of thing that and then that would escalate where then they would have a mentor and then the next thing you know they sort sort of sold into this i wouldn't call it a, a sex trafficking thing but it became they almost became a sex slave to this big this this guy and and these aren't women who were abducted from their family and taken away against their will these were willing educated so called i mean educated in the sense they would have a college degree but uh then the next thing you know that couple of them escaped from it and they sort of did a podcast which led uh of course to this story being unraveled and revealed into the public and how this man would actually uh, in, in fact some of the women would get branded by this hot iron thing saying that he's a property uh, they're a property of him so as you just as you just mentioned it's education like understanding but education people just think stops at school or college where you understand the subject you're studying but it's actual challenging the system of how you think maybe that is so important which people are scared to do right yeah absolutely and i think people are scared to do that and to some extent you know i think people want to um you know people are idolizing other folks that they think they are on the are level or on a pedestal or they mm. achieved so many other things that they have not achieved or they are looking forward to achieve so when you start idolizing people you start glorifying them you start having a mentor that you believe so much about what that mentor is telling you then you can easily uh, succumb to whatever directions that they give you okay? yeah. because ultimately you also want to become like them one day you want to have the level of success and achievement and i think that's from what you are saying it's it's almost in sync with what i'm saying because it's it's like this guy or leader has found a weakness of this woman that okay mm-hmm. they're not well to do but i'm going to bring them from the lower level that they are in i'm going to push them up going to make them look good they're going to be financially well trained and financially equipped and it's like i've taken them from their low point to the point where they can see themselves happy and, and feeling good and if i achieve something and if someone has helped you to do that natural mindset will be like wow i need to worship this person i need to be thankful mm. to this person i need to listen to this person okay this is my hero or this is my hero you know so from that point you have already been controlled because they've already captured you they've you already, feel indebted to them uh, yeah 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 you you exactly you know so i think that's the the process that some of these people go through where they find someone's weakness you know help them in one way or the other and then that person becomes uh becomes uh you know their puppet in a sense i'm going to flip it around and just ask you this before we wind up and um 
okay say say for instance there's a collective a, a community or even a cult right uh, but the cult isn't doing anything like bombing people for um their religious ideology or their political ideology or their agenda but they kind of yeah the person who started it or the the committee or the group that started it do manipulate people do brainwash them but the people who have been brainwashed are happy uh in the sense whatever happiness they define it by uh, they have a sense of purpose and their purpose may be let's clean up uh, beaches of plastic and but it's not good because they're brainwashing them to do that is it always bad to have this this way of thinking you know when we use the word brainwash mm. it has that negative connotation yeah but i think ultimately it's not about brainwash especially if it's to achieve a positive purpose because mm. i think they are all if they if it's done in the right way i believe they are all been educated everyone has yeah. been educated somehow right yeah, we are yeah. being given some type of information so it is left to us to believe in that information and to use that information either for a greater cause or for a bad cause so mm. i think if they are using it for a greater cause yeah it's not really it may not be brainwashing right uh, it may just be that they are educating them and they are giving them the process or the way that they should carry themselves to be able to accomplish this goal and in some other cases they may be brainwashed right to mm. achieve you know a common goal that at the end might be good so it yeah. it, it can but we cannot generalize it I like what you just said because if you do it for a negative thing it's called brainwashing but if you do it um you know repeatedly for millions of years positively it's called education right <laughs> <laughs> you drill it in hard enough and long enough that everyone believes into this <laughs> this construct right yeah what is good what is bad what is success what is failure Oh my god that's now but I'm fascinated doctor by the line and the field of work that you kind of have spent your um the the years coming till now and going forward doing and thank you so much for sharing but can I just before we 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 sort of say goodbye today um what 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 inspired you to take this path what was your reason for kind of taking up something like this it's quite interesting when people ask me that question and mm-hmm. you know i've 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 thought about it so many times you know what should be that kind of response and i've always given the i've got is given you know one response uh to many interviews but i i think i'm getting to the point where i'm not i don't think the response that i give is not good it's great it's true mm. but i also feel like that response is not uh the greatest in my own opinion okay and i will tell you that response and i will tell you what i'm thinking yeah the response that i normally give is i've had my own personal story i've had my own personal journey i've um i was doing um uh, i used back in the days i used to throw parties to governize people mm-hmm. to connect and you know throwing parties definitely will you know expose you to many women you know mm-hmm. because you want women to come to a, to your party and yeah. from there 
you have to kind of date those women to some extent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to keep them, you want to keep them feel like, yeah, I know this guy, I'm connected to this guy. You know, so I've been exposed to different women and things of that nature. And, you know, being a playboy and, 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 and that, I've gone into that route. But when it was one day, I went to a friend's party and he, this guy was a notorious player. Mm. And I saw him speaking to a girl uh, that he just met. And within a few minutes, they exchanged numbers. And something just struck inside of me emotionally that months later or a few weeks later, this girl is going to be crying. She's going to be calling her friends. They're going to sit around, gather around, and be giving her tissue to wipe her tears. And all she's going to be saying to her friends is, this guy played me. Mm. I did not believe that this guy was going to play me. And... I had that thought process and I said, you know what? I feel uh, I'm sympathetic, but at the same time, you know, I want to do something to help women. Um, So on my way home that night, I said to myself, I'm going to start a podcast where I start to share the games that men play so that women are not being played. And women we started giving up our tricks. <laughs> exactly. You know, giving up, you know, the men's tricks, you know. Yeah. But then the show evolved to the point where I'm now giving information to both men and women yeah, to help yeah. them to cultivate a good relationship. So that's pretty much the story that I tell people that this is how I started. Yeah. Now it's a good story, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, I mean it makes sense reason. because you wanted to go beyond what you were. Right. Yeah. You know, and you know, and to show a a, a, a a change, transformation of okay, this is who he was, this is how he changed, and there was a story that struck that, you know, that, yeah. that happened that made him to change. So which is good. It's good for the public to hear that. But the, the part where you know, this is the first time I'm gonna share that, that you know, this is my response now. <laughs> you know, if someone yeah. were to ask me, you know, why do you do what you do? Yeah. It's, be, it's beyond me. I don't have control over that. I don't know why I do that. It's, it's, it's a dream that captures me. This is what fills my heart. I shouldn't have a story to tell to explain what my passion is. Mm-hmm. To explain, because I don't, dis, I, I don't develop my passion. I didn't develop my dream. I didn't develop this purpose. It came by itself. There is a higher power that controls their feelings. It's like saying a dream. I had a dream yesterday. No, that's the message. I had a dream yesterday. You did not have a dream yesterday. The dream had you. There's no way you can conceive such a dream. Dream have people. You just go to sleep and something happens. So in the same way, if I'm living my life in this purpose, it's not something that I created. It's something that was born in me that I was born for this purpose. I could have, and then I discovered it, yes, but I was born for this. So why you do this? I was born for it. That's the reason why. I discovered it, it's a different case. But why you do what you do? I was born to do this. I like the second story. I mean, I like the, I like what you just told me because we're so, even in this idea of purpose, right? You, I'm sure you keep hearing people going, pursue your passion. It, it, but everything's approached with a logical thing. There's a step, there's goals. But this just seemed like what you just said seemed like there's no explanation, which I like. 
there's no explanation of why you're doing it. It just comes to you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I feel like I've been living my life, and I've been in, most people have been living their life because they have been taught mm. when you do whatever you want to do, you must have a reason, and you must be able to yeah. articulate it, and you must be able to share that. Rationalize it, yeah. Rationalize it, you know. Yeah. And, and I've done so many podcasts, and I'm like, okay, is this the right thing? But I get to the point where I'm challenging my thoughts. I'm like, no, I I don't want to go that down road anymore, you know, because I've found something that I'm like, why should you be able to explain that? You know, something that 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 that, that makes you happy, that makes you alive. You you can you can you can't explain that. You you can't mm. explain that. Yeah, it's, it's it's brilliant to hear that. I like I like what you just told me because it's it's more. Of course, it's I, the first story. I mean, the one you get, you one you've been telling people is great and makes sense. But this leaves me with a sense of mystery, a sense of there is, and there there is a, a a meaning beyond the meaning that we're taught to believe. If that makes any sense. Yeah. And that's the true human experience, right? Which we don't have, we, which we can't put on a resume or a YouTube channel, which we can't put in a bio, which we can't put in a profile. It, there is something beyond the construct of, like, say, Dr. Femi and Dr. Sandeep that we are selling to the world. I think the true authentic uh, experience is what you are feeling that drives you to do what you do without an explanation in words or an explanation in the terms that we're taught to believe in. Absolutely. You know, uh, I... I you can wake me up in the middle of the night mm. and ask me about and ask me about relationship challenges yeah. and i will give you an answer i don't need to read books to give you yeah. that right and i've been like that for many years so where is that knowledge coming from yeah. it, it, it's it, i didn't manufacture that i didn't fabricate it. it's it's coming from a source that is beyond me it's, i can't control it it's just there you know, so <laughs> it, yeah. that's just what it is. No, it's brilliant. Now, I, can I ask you one uh, one thing sure. before we we wind up? Is he, you, you said you're from Nigeria? I'm assuming. Uh, are you from Lagos? From? Um, nah, not really. You know, but when I go back home now, I typically stay in Lagos. I'm from a place called Ibadan, which is by about like forty five minutes an hour drive from Lagos, okay. about thirty minutes stop. Okay, because I was reading something about how there's this massive uh, sort of because I remember you know many years back I think 2003 when I was in university um, I, I lived for a couple of years lived for a couple of years in the UK and my roommate his father used to work uh, for Shell and he was telling me how he used to visit his dad they lived in these kind of compounds which were guarded and there was this huge disparity right in Lagos they had the president's compound where there was so much opulence and wealth and then you have on the streets you had this disparity and now of course there's been a big influx of money and the whole uh i read somewhere there was this massive development outside lagos where you have these high rises these fancy villas and that's I, that seems to be the trend around the world where in certain countries the disparity sort of the widens and i i, I think i wanted to ask you your perspective on coming from uh nigeria to america for two reasons right one is what is how you received as an African from Africa in America uh, with the story 
kind of which people believe that Africa is this place where there's still lions kind of, you know, next to your <laughs> front door or <laughs> whatever it may be, right? Um, to to this idea of, of course, there's been development, but there's also maybe been unbalanced development in countries like India and Africa. Uh, to this idea of, since you're looking at relationships and conflict, how do you as an African look at the entire African-American struggle? You know, uh, you know, growing up in Nigeria has um, given me a different view of what Nigeria is because that's, that's all I knew at that mm. time. And at the same time, I've seen the rich, the wealthy versus the poor. Um, and fortunately, I grew up in a middle-class uh, family. Mm. Uh, we're not lacking um, so you know lacking a lot you know we had mm. so many things we had cars we had a house that my that my parents built I even had my own had my own room you know I had mm. my own room I had my own bathroom growing up yeah. but when I came to America things changed actually I didn't have my own room I didn't have my own bathroom when I came to America as a teenager uh, I was sleeping in my parents um, couch. I was sleeping on the couch as a teenager. I had to share uh, one bathroom with three other family members. And during winter, my, my hope is that they don't use all the hot water because otherwise I won't have the hot water to use. You know, so it's like I went from a middle class in Nigeria, having my own my own, my own bathroom yeah. to living in the, uh, as a poor man in America and mm. um, going through those humble beginnings. So it's like starting all over, um, you know, in, in America. And I'm grateful that where I started because there has been a major shift to where I am now, right? Yeah. So where, you know, people say, you know, if you can work hard, you can achieve the American dream. And I believe that's been my, my, my story as well. But I, I think, it's not just American dream. I'm, I'm, I'm achieving the dream for myself yes. that I set out to achieve, you know, and God's dreams as well for me. So it's beyond just American dream. So, that, you know, it's coming to this country as um, given me the world view now because mm -hmm. you have the Western world and then you have the more so-called non-Western world living in Nigeria. You want to call it mm -hmm. the Eastern part of the world. So it's like two different worlds that I'm, I'm now in the middle and I'm and I'm struggling in the sense of which values, which ideals do I employ into my life? Is it mm -hmm. the one that I grew up with, being taught with my culture, or is it the one that I'm seeing now that it's it's quite different? It's 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 more like it 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 it, 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 it opens your mind to think differently and to challenge everything that you've been taught and you've been told, you know, by your cultures and, and traditions. So sometimes I get into conflict, you know, with myself and I have two kids mm -hmm. that I, you know, I was telling somebody this, I said, people who come from Africa and have their kids in this American system, they are the ones who struggle the most mm -hmm. because you've been brought up with one idea. Yeah. Now you have two ideas you are operating on. Yeah. And your kids 
are only operating on one idea, which is American idea. Yeah. So now you are struggling. Do I arrange them in an American way or do I arrange them in African yeah. way? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So you, you are combating and say, okay, which one is better? Should I choose one over the other? Should yeah. I just 100% go to one or balance it in some situations I apply the American way or in some situations I apply the African way? So you are conflicted like let me give you a scenario that happened recently yeah you know like i'm a i'm a person that loves to grow i love personal development and mm. i don't see my kids are just kids i see that they are placed in my life so that i could learn from them as well just like they are learning from me mm-hmm. and um i raised my kids to you know if they are opening the, uh if i'm if, if i open the doors for them they're supposed to say thank you for yeah. for, for that kind of gesture yeah. So recently, I um, went to a store to buy ice cream for my kids. And I have a 10-year-old daughter and a 5-year-old son. Oh, nice. Uh, a 9-year-old daughter. Sorry, a 9-year-old daughter and a 5-year-old son. Soon mm-hmm. to be 6. So I, as, as soon as um, we're done at the ice cream place, my son held the door for me. And as I came out, I didn't say anything. And he said, what do you say? He asked me that. What do you say? And automatically I said, oh, thank you, son. And my daughter said to him, you don't talk to daddy like that. That's disrespectful. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> daddy, <laughs> that be true. You know, that's disrespectful. Like, you're not supposed to talk to daddy that way, right? You're not supposed to say, what do you say? But in my head now, I'm, 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 like, I'm now conflicted. When he said it, at first, I didn't think anything out of it. I didn't think it was disrespectful. I just thought about it being that I'm at wrong. I'm supposed to be saying thank you to him. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I raised him like that. And basically, these kids only repeat what you share with them. Because yeah. he repeated what I would have said if I were the one holding the, the door for him and if he doesn't say thank you. So they don't now think about some things parents may say to you, but not meaning that you can say the same thing back to your parents. Mm. <laughs> you know, it has to be formulated in a different way. You, you can't just say to me, so what do you say? Right now, that's the African way of thinking of like, no, that yeah. sounds disrespectful. But American way is like, you know, you I'm get, asking you that, what do you say? <laughs> you heard what you <laughs> just, like, uh, yeah, you heard basically, he repeated what he heard, yeah. He or rather, he and you he liked heard. and you wanted him to do that, right? Which is, I mean, you want him to get that value of, uh, res- I mean, it's in a way respect, right? It's in a way respect what I did for you. But yeah, the Indian or the African tradition be like, you don't speak to your elders like that. Yeah. You know, so it, it's one of those things that, okay, <laughs> wait a minute, now I'm conflicted. Yeah. So <laughs> how do I go about explaining to him and say, okay, you know what? Yes, I know I might have said that in the past and you learned it from me, but you can't say that back to me because you have an African parent. And he's probably, yeah, they're probably going to grow up going, you know what? Uh, and it's confusing, right? Because even for your kids, yes. or maybe not just your kids, but for kids growing up with this kind of conf- not conflict, confusion is like they probably are like sometimes which side or which parent within my parent is going to respond. Is it the American parent in my dad or the African parent in my dad who's going to respond to the situation, right? So then they have to kind of like, oh my God, which 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 one's going to, like one's going to be 
rational. The other one's going to be more emotional. So it's yeah, it's a bit interesting for them as well. Yes, it is really rough for them as well because mm. they have to constantly be thinking, how do I say something to my dad? How do I ask my dad a question? Okay, he's an African man in America, so I gotta now think in an African way, right? Yeah. Not think in an American way, even though they may be they may be with their friends, you know, with their American friends, but how they're gonna talk to me has to change because I'm wired to think in an African way. I grew up in an African way. So it, it, it's a difficult and challenging one for somebody who grew up in Africa and then now learning the American culture and raising kids in America and trying to balance that, okay, which method should I apply in this situation? You know, so that I'm not even confusing these kids, so that I, I'm, I'm being logical as well. You know, it doesn't even matter. Am I even, you know, why am I forcing about this for you know is it is it necessary you know to be fuzzing about he didn't he didn't say it in a way that may sound respectful in an african yeah. way whereas in an american culture it's not a disrespect it's just you know the way that he's showing you that dad you know you're not being kind you know you know you know showing respect you know to somebody as well so it, it's i hope i answer your question no no it's absolutely <laughs> yeah no that's i'm i mean it's something that, as you said, right? Uh, yeah, it makes their life interesting. Maybe sometimes a little, a bit of a balancing act. But no, I, I love this idea that you know, because as I told you at the beginning of, uh, of the conversation, I, when we first uh, started, uh, I have a four-month-old baby, and this fascinates me with 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 children, right? Like, like you, you're kind of even there told that there's a certain way that you have to be as a parent, as a father, as the role you play, the certain values. But what you just told me is that. Every day is a, le- a lesson which is something that you don't have to study, there's something you don't have to learn when it comes to the conventional way, but life itself uh, gives you these examples that you can kind of use for your children, for yourself, and you can learn from them, they can learn from you. And I, 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 think, I think it's great to hear that from, um, from you and since you're most of your life is spent understanding relationships. I like hearing this idea of growth and growth not always being the most comfortable, positive thing, but also being something that uh, it doesn't have to be instructed through a classroom or a lecture or a thing. It can be um, understood through the best sort of lesson, which is life, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we can always learn from anybody, no matter how old or how young they are. You know, we always learn. And my mantra is that the largest room in life is improvement. The moment you you stop learning, it's the minute you um, start becoming irrelevant to the people around you. You know that's my mantra. That's my quote. And my life has been designed to improvement. Just learn and become a better person each day. Lovely. No, I think that's such a great uh, thing to live by. And thank you for sharing all of that, uh, Dr. Femi. I really appreciate you being here with me this uh, evening for you and uh, for staying up and doing this. And um, can you tell people uh, where they can head to to check out your podcast or your uh, programs or the work you do? Yeah, absolutely. The easiest way is I typically have a lot of things uh, posted on social media. Just go on Instagram at GFM Speaks, that's GFM Speaks. And um, if you just want to 
get a little bit of the courses that I offer in relationship, you can go to theimprovementuniversity.com. T-H-E improvementuniversity.com. Lovely. And what, sorry, what was your handle? I didn't get that. At what? At G? G-Fam. G-F uh-huh. as in Frank. E-M. Oh, G-Fam. Speaks. Okay. Yeah, GFM speaks at GFM speaks. G- okay, fantastic. Um, yeah, I, uh, good luck with uh, everything, and uh, I hope um, a lot more doors open. And you thank them for keeping them open. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Yes, that's a lesson learned from that. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you, Doctor Fumi. Uh, do stay in touch, and um, hope to meet you soon. Absolutely. Take care. Take care. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you like what you heard, please do check out the other episodes on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And I would much appreciate it if you could like the video, share it with people who you think might enjoy it. And of course, do subscribe to the channel because it will help me and the podcast grow and reach more people just like you. So thanks again. Appreciate it.